Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back, everyone. This is Rollerous Podcast. I'm your host, the trunk. Jack Hussey, whatever you want to call me, uh, man of many names, many trades, um, and this is a really poor intro to the podcast. Seb, how are you doing? I'm okay, mate. I, uh, just the one name and the one profession for me, sadly. But um, yeah, I'm alright. I'm a bit, bit pink, a bit sunburnt. When I, did, I did that very British thing of um, sun came out, shirt came off. No lotion whatsoever. Got burned. Sun's out, guns out, mate. Eh, just, uh, yeah, arms. I call them arms. I don't think they quite qualify as guns, unfortunately. No. What, now, at what point do do they become guns? I yeah. think when you become a twat. Yeah. I think <laughs> when, when you start referring to your arms as guns, I think that's, that's kind of, I think that's a, a sign that you've, 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 you've crossed the, the twat threshold. I'd say I probably qualify under those terms. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> but, you know. Um, yeah, so you, you went out sunbathing. Um, well, I was working, but I, I kind of multitasked it. I was working outside, you know, didn't... I, I like, said that, I like that quick caveat there, so... Well, well yeah. no, I am working. No, I, I, I'm working. I work, work hard for my money. I don't, I don't just, you know, yeah. I, um, yeah, that was a bit defensive, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, well, I, I, I sort of... I got lost in working and I forgot that I was outside and, and uh, you know, burnt. Okay. Um, you didn't want to put one of those little, like, hankies on your head, but as is atypical of, like, a British seaside postcard type, you know. No, no. Also, I, I didn't. I didn't sort of. I, I wasn't at one of those beaches with those weird changing huts that you used to see in kind of sixties films. In Victorian, Victorian. Yeah. They, 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 everyone would always change into like a sort of uh, uh, a red and white horizontal striped outfit, like somewhere between a swimming costume and a leotard. Do you remember that? Uh, well, not yeah, like one of those weightlifters, <laughs> traditional yeah. weightlifters. Exactly, outfits. but the weightless just without the you know the weird handlebar moustache that those weightlifters would always have, you know, those the sort of um, yeah circus attraction weightlifter. Be quite good if someone at the Olympics brought uh, brought those old outfits back. I think at the weightlifting, you know. Yeah, but if if they did it without like without self awareness, so in the, if it was done by some tedious, irony seeking cock, then I wouldn't enjoy it. But if it was just from you know, if, 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 say, for example, if the village from um, the M. Night Shyamalan film entered an Olympic participant, but just thought that that was what you wore at the Olympics, then it would be funny. But, you know, if it was just some sort of like, you know, some shortish tosser, then no. 
Don't want to spoil the end of that film for you. So, <laughs> I don't think anyone from the village is going to be sending anyone to the to the Olympics anytime soon. Uh, probably not anytime soon. But I mean, um, I tell you, I mean, the, the last thing you do expect in uh, an M Night film is is one of those weird little twists at the end. Was, I know, right? It, it, I know, mate. I didn't didn't see that coming at all. I know. Um, I still, I, I actually downloaded the uh, the film that Raj recommended last week, The Visit. I'm yet to yep. watch it, but I had a look at the trailer and it seems suitably appalling, so I'm quite looking forward <laughs> to it. Okay. Um, you had a. Can we explain where Raj is, by the way. Should we? Should we should he's we he's been detained by Homeland Security. Yeah. In yeah. the United States of America, uh, he's he's gone on holiday, but uh, you know, as I think is fair, he was stopped at the airport for. Flying whilst brown, so yeah. you know. I don't. I don't think he shaved either. So really, he got what was coming to him. I That's mean, true. you know. I mean, you know. I mean, you, you you shouldn't really be allowed to enter America without being ruthlessly profiled like that. To be yeah. fair, I mean, I think they're kind of. Oh, there goes the U.S. audience again. Clawed <laughs> <laughs> a dozen back last week, and now they're gone. To be fair, given that over <laughs> half of our populations just voted to leave on the basis of immigration, <laughs> yeah, probably I don't think we not in any place. Throwing any stones? Bit. No, that's probably right. But then we, you and I, both voted in the right way. So uh, I didn't tell you what I voted. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm a. Maybe, I'm a, maybe, a, maybe you're a Brexiter. A, a closet in, Brexiter. Yeah, a Brexiter in in, le- in Remain clothing. In, <laughs> in lefty libtard clothing. Yeah. <laughs> We set up a crowdfunding page for Raj's lawyer, so if you want to visit that, then we'll we'll give the URL out before the end of the uh, pod, I guess. Yeah, maybe. if there's if if there's time. I don't really if care to be honest. Nice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can sort of slip into the old jokes and stuff, and you know. Right. Um, we uh, we have to talk about Everton. Yeah, you you yeah. went to the game. How was it? Yeah, it was, well, yeah, not the worst, not the best, but I mean, I I, I had a great day. I mean, I, I met um I met Borley, which is great. Um, yeah, and he, Si. For, how was good? like Borley? I'm gonna be honest, like you know, we, we're friends, friends, real friends on uh, Facebook, and uh, he, he he he's the type of guy I wouldn't approach. And I mean, again, this is me obviously exercising my vile habit of profiling, but yeah, you know, yeah. I he he looks a pretty scary guy. No, lovely Blake. Just a uh, big jolly guy. Um, he's he's exactly in real life. He's exactly as he is on the podcast when he when he when he comes on. He's uh, no. He um, I met Sai very briefly because Sai was doing because they, they they spend their match days um, distributing their fanzine. Um, which I've, I've got a copy to send to you actually, Jack. So remind me to do that. Oh, awesome. um, but they Bordy very kindly took me on a kind of perimeter tour of Goodison Park and showed me things like the the Dixie Dean Memorial and. You know, though I, I, I um, he showed you yeah, the Dixie. He eh? do, eh? Oh, yeah. Um, and I met a couple of there. Were, there are a few other fanzine sellers. Some, some of whom have been around for like twenty, thirty years outside Goodison Park in the same place. And I know that people like we live in a kind of a cynical age where people talk about, oh yeah, People's Club, you know, lol, etc. But actually, I um, it's the first time I've been to Goodison, and uh, yeah, you, that, it, that's real. I mean, there's a real sense of kind of the community around there, and and um very traditional place and um yeah very friendly it was a great day out um and i like you you're going a bit uh accidental proper football man there so i've got to call you on that mate 
So. Yeah, <laughs> I did. It. I did a little bit, didn't I? Yeah. Good day out. Yeah, yeah proper traditional, um, real proper people. Traditional, yeah. <laughs> no cappuccinos, just cups of tea. Yeah. <laughs> no milk. Yeah. Um. I um. Yeah, it's great. I. I. I um. Yeah, the, the game was um funny. I know we'll, we'll probably talk about this in more depth, but I um I wrote well, 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 talking to me, here, mate. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll skim through it in kind of a like lazy way, I guess. But I um and welcome to the podcast. I've I've read some proper bollocks about that game on the internet since on my way back and in the days subsequently. I um the days since I uh I don't know. Like people have gone a little bit overboard with with sort of that that first half and. You know, I know we were a bit shit and we're a bit ponderous, but I've I've read all kinds of things about you know the sort of how Coman bested Pochettino and you know how dreadful Tottenham were, and I just thought, well, no, we weren't great, but we were just a bit slow to start and there's you know, a little bit of a lack of rhythm. We played a lot of our football in front of their defence, but it was just I don't know. It's been sort of treated as this weird little catastrophe. Whereas I don't know, you you got to Goodison Park and you know they defended very well and you know they played essentially. I know they they kind of. They lined up with a back three, but at times they were playing with a back five. I mean, they were pretty solid, and you know they they got the sort of pretty fortuitous opening goal, and and they just sat in for most of the game. And I, I thought we did pretty well to come back into it. I thought I was I was actually I was talking to um on the train home. I was talking to a couple of Everton guys who who are from the Midlands, and um they said that kind of a couple of years ago, and obviously I agree that you know Spurs go a goal down on the road that early in a game, and it ends three 0 like almost without question, and you, because how many times have we seen that? Like a kind of, you know, um, not even a, a against a good side, but against you know against sort of the dross in the division. You just if things aren't going, if things go and go well immediately, you know, our players used to not tune out, but just lose lose the stomach for it a little bit. And I thought we picked our way back into the game, and Jansen was great. I know I know you only spent forty minutes on the pitch, but like, everything about. Everything about the way we played changed when he when he came on, and and the crowd changed, or our bit of the crowd changed, and he was just such a, um, I don't know, just um, player that kind of pulsed with a bit of immediacy. Just came on and was right involved. Didn't need any kind of time to adjust the game. He was just exerting himself on their defenders, and it was um, yeah, really really good start from him. Yeah, I, I think it's a good point on uh, on 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 Spurs' performance overall. Um, the fact that you know we have been known in in yesteryear to concede several more after conceding so early. Um, yeah, I I do. There's part of me. I mean, on the on the other side of that, I do feel there's only so long we can continue to hark back to. You know, well, you know, it wasn't great, but at least it's not like it used to be. It's it's kind of like yeah, well, yeah, okay. I mean, you know, I, I do. I definitely see see the point there, but at the same time, I kind of feel like you know we are. We are a different club now. We need to kind of probably as a fan base adopt that mentality as well that if we are going to continue to challenge and if we are going to hold on to our best players, then, you know, we, it, the fact that we haven't conceded three goals away from home isn't really something we should <laughs> shout about. But I, I do, I get the point you're making. I'm, I'm not just trying to be contrary for the sake of it. Um, and I, I, I definitely agree that it's, it, it, you know, one all away on the first day of the season... Yeah, Goodison Park of all places is by no means a bad result, and I, I, you know, I think regardless of whatever people are saying about, you know, oh they've sold stones or they've had injuries or they had so on and so forth, you know, Everton is still a decent team. They're not a two bob outfit. They never have been, you know. Um, but well, only only as much as we have. 
really. Um, and yeah, as, as a point we often make is that they're pretty much our mirror image in the north. Um, so I, I just yeah. think on the balance of play, it was a it was a pretty fair result. And you know, I, I, again, a lot, of, quite a lot of people I've seen were like particularly not having a dig as such, but people were kind of singling out Ali, just saying like. Oh, he looks like he's struggling. Oh, I think the Euros have gotten to him. But maybe it's because he set I, his own bar so high. You know, the the kid's only twenty years old still. He's he's had one season in the Premier League in which he was admittedly spectacular. But at the same time, you know, there's there's obviously quite a lot going around with regards to the Euros maybe hovering over him a bit. There's whatever stuff that's kind of going on in his personal life at the moment that seems to have come to a head with the shirt thing the name on the back of the shirt you know Uh it's just it's again it's just kind of willing like willing to forget that a lot of these guys are are human and if he's gonna start season slowly if he's gonna have a bit of a you know a dodgy patch he's allowed to he's 20 years old you know he's a kid Cristiano Ronaldo had I'm not again I'm not trying to say that Deli Ali's in Ronaldo's bracket although if I'm going to be brutally honest, I think the potential is there for him to be in that kind of, perhaps not quite up there of Ronaldo, but maybe in that Bale kind of bracket. Yeah. However, you know, people forget Cristiano Ronaldo had so many patchy years when he first was playing in the Premier League. Mm. You know, Dele Alli's allowed to do this stuff. This is where Pochettino comes in. This is Pochettino's job, you know. He's had a few weeks with the kid. He's had a dodgy Euros. Just give him a bit of time. You know, I don't... Th- I don't think, there's no. There's no alarm bells there. There's nothing... There was nothing... If if we'd have turned in a performance like Arsenal did against Liverpool, yeah, there you go, yeah, 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 then yeah. I would be thinking, actually, fuck, maybe we did blow a lot of smoke up these kids' eyes. All that we saw against Everton, who are a decent side, was a team that just hasn't played together that much, that looks a little bit rusty, that maybe looks a little bit scared, but they're a young team, they're learning, you know. There's no- well, ru- ru- rusty, Rusty's exact right word, Jack, because I I think that um one of the things that was a little bit worrying, certainly in the first half, was. You know, Jan Vertonghen hasn't played a lot of football since he got injured at the Euros, and he looked like he hadn't played a lot of football. He, he was did, a little he? He bit struggling. dodgy, yeah. Um, I mean, had he not had uh, Toby Alderweireld next to him, we, we we might have been a couple more down. And actually, had, had Michelle Vorm not made a, a really good save just for half time. But you know, Ali, I think people have forgotten. You know, I mean, like he he was great last season, but also let's let's not forget that you know a lot of his signature moments came in games where he'd actually been quite underwhelming. I mean, obviously, people remember the Palace goal and, you know, uh, and sort of moments like that and actually uh, his performance against Manchester United. But if you go back to those games and you look at the minutes which preceded sort of, you know, those defining moments, wasn't that great? And uh, he he wasn't good at Everton. um, But then nothing around him really worked. I'd say that with exception of Vincent Janssen, Eric Lamella was kind of the only player to express himself properly. uh, I thought Danny Rose was okay. No, but in, in, in the attacking four, I mean, okay, um, okay, okay. like both fullbacks were, were pretty good. I mean, Rose was exceptional. Wanyama was, I, I thought Wanyama was really good. Um, really, really solid debut. Um, but in that front four, you know, there was, there was just a little bit of inhibition there. I mean, Christian Eriksen didn't have a good game. Kane didn't have a good game. Um, Lamella was like, Lamella was easily the most expressive of, of the yeah. four and, and then really deserved his goal. He, he was, um, yeah, the, he's, he's kind of, I, I I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at this over quite a short space of time, but um, like he Lamella has grown each time I've seen him over the last three games. I mean, admittedly, obviously that goes across a preseason, so that's you know that's like four months now. But he just um, 
He's a different player. He's I mean, starting to believe it a bit now, isn't he? You can see yeah, he's a bit more forceful, Jack. Because yeah. uh, I wonder whether, you know, a year ago, um, we, we, he, he has the ability, and he, he always has them, we know this, but like, I wonder whether a year ago, when that Carl Walker cross comes in, whether whether he attacks it in the same way. Because that was a, as an excellent header. Or if he and a, bra- and, a, a and a brave one. And, yeah, or, well, or, or for if, he just, if he's a bit more tentative. But it was a kind of, it was a, no, this is mine, I'm taking this, and I'm going to equalise. And it was forceful. And, and Lamella, you know, I, I, there, there are still murmurs in our support about Lamella. And, you know, in the first half, it was... Oh, it's, it was it's white noise, though, mate, now. I'm sorry. Like, uh, mate, it's annoying, though, mate. Because like, I, I, I was standing there and, and I just, you know, Lamella had a, had a pretty... All things considered, and in relative terms, the man had quite a good first half. He was all right. He wasn't, you know, uh, there, were, there were about five or six players who, you know, needed to have a look at themselves and look at themselves, and he wasn't one of them. And I just thought, you know, any time he loses the ball, even if he loses the ball once every ten touches, there's this kind of oh fucking Lamella. It's like lads, you know, I um, it's just annoying. And um, and uh, I said to you actually earlier that I um, that I, I tweaked my back. During the the, the celebrations, I was going to bring that up. I was tempted. To no, it's all right. Roger isn't here, so he, you know he, he might not listen as well because he, he's over in, in in America in um oh, he's in pension. No, I mean, they're, they're, yeah. <laughs> and I just I I I, I just I, I I I was just so happy for him. I mean, happy for us, of course. Celebrate a goal, terrific. But it was also kind of it was just a bit of a fuck you to some of the people who still, after all of this, you know, chip away at him. And I, I, it was just it's a great moment. I just, um, I, I just, I find it bizarre. Let me uh, just to quantify it as well with the white noise thing. Is we've gone over this several times, but it's like it's not to discount anyone's opinion. You know, I'm very, very conscious of creating this kind of echo chamber where you, you know, we can just sort of say to each other, "We love Lamella. We love Lamella." Let's not hear any criticism. Anyone that says anything critical of him is an idiot or so. Like, and I, I, I don't really believe that. Yes, I do. But. Um, <laughs> it, <laughs> Yeah, but it's a it's, 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 it, but to, in the context of like what, what, what are you comparing him to? Who do we replace him with? Yannick Balassi, really? You know, spend another yeah. 25, 30 mil on him, or you know, just, I, just what, what do you want from the player? Okay, there's only so many times you can keep saying, you know, this isn't the player we bought from Roma. It's like, well, firstly, how many times did you watch him when he was at Roma? Honestly, that, that, exactly that. Like, what did you really know? What did you really think we were buying? Like we're, we're, you know, the sort of. But it is. Is people just thought we were buying Bale, the Argentinian Bale. That's 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 the issue, and people still cannot reconcile the fact that Gareth Bale, like, it, it, I, I I get it, but like people found it so hard to let go of the fact that Gareth Bale is where he is now, and he commanded the fee that he did because he was a truly exceptional player. He was a f- yeah. like a phenomenon. He is one of the kind of one of the few players. You can honestly say, without a shadow of a doubt, and with little argument, was truly world class when he played for Spurs. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because I mean, like, for example, there's question marks that appear over someone like Berbatov, for example, who I would probably say was, but a lot of people would say wasn't. And you can kind of see there's some discussion there. But you know, I, I, I just think you know we can we can do this one to death, and we probably have done already. Which we, we yeah okay well let, let's draw a line over that. I I, I mean like. I just, under that, but not over that. I, that was I weird. did want to quickly ask you about because yeah. you touched on Wanyama, but the Wanyama Dyer thing again. This is something that a lot of people have kicked off about. In my opinion, it's early days. It's the first time these two guys have played together. 
a lot of people said it came across as an overly defensive move. Again, we're playing away from home against a team that doesn't, you know, they're not overly bestowed I, pace, but, you know, you can see why we would be cautious playing Everton away from home, a team that's probably going to try and play on the break, maybe. Well, I, Jack, I, I think, I, I came away thinking, I imagine when Pochettino set his team up and picked it, not that he had the option of picking Dembele anyway, but I'd imagine he'd be, he, he thought he was going to be facing like a 4-4-1-1 rather than like a, a, what was essentially a sort of, um, yeah, a, between a three and a back five, depending on when they, did, when, they, when they had the ball and when they didn't. And I think that um, what you lose without Dembele is that kind of player that takes the ball forward vertically, not just in a sort of a passing sense, but Dembele can carry the ball up the pitch and... Dyer isn't that player really. I mean, he, his passing is, is, and distribution is, is better than people give him credit for, possibly. But he doesn't take players on, and, and neither really does Wanyama. And I, I think that I, I, I think it's a perfectly ser- serviceable partnership. Um, it just, I don't think it was quite right for for that that game and and the way that that game developed. Because also, you know, if if Everton, Everton didn't really trouble us that much, and you know, had they not got what was a little bit of a freakish goal. Had they not gone ahead, then you don't know how the game pans out after that. Because, you know, Everton at home, if it if it's goalless after an hour, the crowd probably have got on their back a little bit, urging them forward. And then, you know, maybe our solidity and our ability to counterattack comes into play. As it was, you know, we had to Wanyama is a really good footballer, but he is also he he has a defensive emphasis. I think we we know that. Um and there just wasn't enough ultimately there just weren't enough bodies in advanced positions. Um you know, on top of the, the lack of a Dembele, there just weren't, you know, players were getting isolated. Kane would receive the ball with his back to goal 25 yards out and he'd get crowded out. You know, same as, you know, every other player. And um, and we just needed to make a change. It was just an adjustment to, to the circumstances. Um, I, 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 Wanyama was great. I mean, I don't know whether that really came across on TV, but I just thought he was everything that we, we wanted him to be. Um, just, you know, just a really good technical footballer great defensively, you know, has so much composure on the ball as well um, and, and, and can play a little bit in attacking areas as well, which is great. Yeah, really looking forward uh, to seeing how he comes on across the course of the season, to be honest. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, uh, let's, let's look ahead now. Um, we've, got, uh, we've got Crystal Palace coming up next. Right, hello, welcome to the show, Simon Ballou. He's, uh, well, I'll, I'll introduce him. Uh, for all our listeners, he's a he's a stand-up comedian, <laughs> a comedy writer, and a uh, a, a betting a be- what would you a tipster? Is that the official term, sir? Yeah, I'd say so. A tipster is at least like there's some written evidence of that, unlike the other ones you mentioned there. So. Yeah, but you know, come on, you, you, well, you, so you if know. I'd waited thirty seconds before banging five quid on on Andy Carroll as a first goal scorer tonight, I could have had actually some sort of expert guidance. Is it, has it kicked off yet? No, three minutes. I just okay, thought yeah. I'd get it in before yeah, we started recording. Yeah, you time to do that. Yeah, have, have we seen the team sheet? Is he even in the lineup? Hey, that, 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 that's already too scientific. No, you just, yeah, you got to go on gut feeling, Simon. What are you yeah. doing? You can see when you can see what a scientist I am on this sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he don't. He doesn't need to be in the starting lineup. This is Andy Carroll we're talking about. Oh, I know he's starting. It's okay. We um, but we uh, okay. <laughs> This isn't just uh, this isn't just banter, as the lads say. Uh, Simon is, a, is an actual tipster for Betting Bias. Is it .com or a .co.uk? Yeah, yeah. Bettingbias.com. In fact, 
only today we uh, this morning I think it was we actually actually tip up Spurs for the league twelve to one for the league. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. Okay. Each way. Don't don't listen to Seb. He's a naysayer. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm banging that drum though. Am I going to be the only one who's actually been optimistic on your behalf then on this? On this no, show? no, mate. I'm I'm fully fully coised this season. So, well, look. So. The thing was, you guys, you guys were um, your odds were pushed out after a draw, a one-one draw at the weekend. Which, you know, the idea that you guys should be a longer price after what I would have thought was a decent result. Which, uh, whereas you know. The two Manchester clubs they just had a couple of well they're playing Bournemouth and Sunderland at home and their prices come in and Liverpool now seven to one after you know the way they defended I would say doesn't doesn't make any sense so it seemed like a good time so kind of gone for the title but gone each way with you guys so top three you still make a bit of profit so seems like the time to do it before you play us. That's true. That's true. Uh, by by us, obviously, we we introduced this uh, before before Simon came, but he's a long-suffering Crystal Palace fan. Um, what are your odds of the title at the moment, mate? Um, I think I think you know we we're stuck firmly at the one thousand. You know, after we're, we're one of those where what you got Hull and Burnley at fifteen hundred. They're not going any higher for anyone now after after last season, are they? Fifteen hundred is your your lot. Do you think in, in, in your expert? I'm, I'm, I don't use that term liberally, mate. Just, no, I, just, I, you know, I, in your in your expert opinion, uh, is it not just worth now? Is it not just value as Leicester have shown hmm. in placing bets on the long odds teams at the start of the season? Perhaps. I mean, I, honestly, I think I would always rather look at some sort of uh, acker if I'm going to get if I'm going to get up to a thousand to one. I want to do it by picking, you know, the winner of, of you know, four or five cups or divisions altogether. Because, you know, that it's just not going to happen again. I do think that Leicester, Leicester are currently nine, not to make this entirely a bookie chat, but um, yeah, we Leicester, are going to get absolutely hammered for this, Jack. By the way, <laughs> yeah. exactly. You told the wrong guy. I just I only speak at odds these days. Um, but yeah, Leicester rely nine to two to finish top six now, which. I thought again. It's you just get such an overreaction to everything that's happened on the opening weekend, and I'd say you know they're worth a look at nine to two Leicester for if you're looking at value. I think Leicester, there's going to be one of those big six clubs who who are going to slip up, and I firmly believe that's going to be Arsenal. So Hold on. That's yeah, it, Simon, that's it. You you you're voicing those opinions. Simon, right um, more pertinently, uh, yeah. Not okay. We're going to kind of. Um, right. What, what, how long do you give Alan Pardew? Because I, um, obviously, I, I, I thoroughly nothing against Palace, of course, but I, um, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, Pardew's kind of uh, his humbling second half of the season, and the kind of the assumption was give it a summer, give the players a rest, come back, and everything will, you know, <laughs> will, will sort of magically reset to where it was back, you know, a year ago. Yeah. Um, and you just think, look, I, I know you don't really have a, a recognised well. An effective, recognised forward on the books, and you're yeah, trying to get Benteke sure. and stuff. But then it, it. I mean, I, I only watched an hour of your game um, <laughs> on Sunday morning, and uh, wasn't great. That was dedication to get through an hour, I have to say. Because um, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I mean, the, the sky highlights rather than kind of. I didn't. I didn't go and find a sort of recorded stream. It wasn't that dedicated. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, I'd say 
when, when well, first of all, when you started that sentence with "you really enjoyed Pardews," I assumed it was going to end be the end. The end of that sentence was going to be dance at the cup final. No, because um, it was that was inevitable, though, wasn't it? You, yeah. you could, you, you given bet- the character he was, yeah. you knew what was going to happen next. It just that that is that is life for Alan Pardew. I think I think the the thing with Pardew is well. For, for for a Palace fan, it's exciting to have. This is the third year in a row with the same manager, which I don't think <clears throat> I don't think that's happened since the days of Steve Coppel. That like we're going back early '90s since we've had a manager for three seasons in a row. So there is that thing with Palace fans who you know just just like a hint of stability, even if you know you've got someone who's got there's you know he's by no means you know the the perfect man for the job, but he is—he is at our level someone who the, the fans are still largely behind him. Oh, really? Is that? Yeah. I, 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 okay, fair enough. I would say so. I mean, how 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 true is it that he was a legend per se in terms <laughs> of on the pitch for you guys, or is this kind of one of those things that, like, you know, in a few years' time, if someone were to call Jermaine Defoe a Spurs legend, like? I mean, Jermaine Defoe is someone I single out because he's, I feel he's kind of, he's on the cusp, you know, he scored a lot of goals, but he was never particularly that spectacular, still polarises opinion. Yeah, I mean, he would dream of being in the Defoe bracket in terms of player legend status because, you know, Pardew, he only did one thing to speak of, which was score the, uh, that goal in the yeah. cup semi-final against Liverpool. He He was... Absolutely, the most journeyman of journeyman players. He made uh, he made Jeff Thomas look, uh, you know, sophisticated back back then. So, I yeah, he's that's been completely a rewritten thing, history rewritten, where it's just um, you know you've got a guy who scored one, admittedly one of our most famous goals, and that's covered over you know a, a good few years of mediocrity. I mean, are you, are you guys aware? Of course, I'm sure you both are, being the the Spurs. Research as you are, that he obviously was <laughs> yeah. actually on the first books at one point. Yeah, we uh, that that is definitely a glossing over one. Although it's kind <laughs> of um, if you can find footage of that game, that I, I mean, I, I I think it was still the Intertoto Cup, but it's just uh, yeah. you can find the Spurs lineup in that game. It's um, yeah, it's uh, well, let, let's just say it provides some context to the modern day. I suspect Pard still pedals that as a you know as European Spurs legend. It's time yeah, yeah, yeah. European. Great European nights with Spurs. It's played at the highest level of the game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. But yeah, I mean, the thing about Pardew as a manager is it's it's really clear that he can't stop um, a bad run. That, that when it's going well, like it just you know it can go on for a while. So when we when he took over, we saw that like a great run that first six months he was with us. It was just you know fl- flew up the table. I think we were I think we were maybe the first team to go from. I don't know, nineteenth to to finish top half, having been nineteenth in January or something. So amazing start, um, and then yeah, once it's starting to go wrong, he doesn't really have a plan B. So do just, um, do the fans have any kind of theory about that, Simon? Any any kind of theory about why that is that sort of because it was the same at Newcastle. Like once yeah, they once they once they went past us. Uh, <laughs> okay, Jack's doing weird things with his his laptop. Um, uh, once he went past a certain sort of 
yeah, once a, once a certain set of results had happened, mm. there was yeah, he just couldn't arrest any sort of decline, and it just it's just a weird thing which keeps cropping up in his management in, yeah. in his different in the sort of within a cycle of, of management at every club he's been. I, I think it's probably very much just a symptom of he is a man manager who, when it's going well, he's slapping everyone on the back and telling them you know they, they all buy into Palace DNA. Yeah, exactly. But you know. <laughs> You, when you're on a bad run, you need to have an alternative strategy to just slapping people and you know, you know, stroking their necks and telling you know just telling them to keep it up. I don't think he's very much in the. Um, he's not a tactician, quite clearly. Um, and Saturday was a really good example of that, where you know we do not have. We have if there's one fixture, if any fixture you don't want to watch Palace as a Palace fan. It's at home to a, a team who are considered as like another, you know, maybe bottom six club, um, yeah. which is sadly where we probably are looking at at the moment. Um, if playing at home to a team like that, a team like you know, Pulis team, who plays what's four centre backs and a couple of enforcers yeah. in front of that, we have absolutely, no, you know, Pardew has no idea how to break down a team who come and sits just sits at Salvos Park. That just you know, you, we lost ten games at home last season, and it was mainly a lot of them against just not good teams either. Oh, I remember that Sunderland game actually when uh, Defoe yeah. went through at the end. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, would, Jack. Would you not say not, not to? You know, I'm not going to be like a, a a defender of Alan Pardew. I'm certainly not going to be the first to do that. But at the same time, a, t- a team like West Brom, it's, it's, it's what they specialise in, right? You know, that's kind of. And I, I, I'm just saying it in as much as it's it's quite. Probably harsh to judge Pardew on the strength of losing to a team like West Brom, given the way they set out. You know, we've seen them do that kind of thing to us well, over the years. So, like, it's same sort of experience last year in a way, didn't you? But um, against West Brom, but I, I think the difference is you probably had, you know, your thirty-two attempts on goal, and, and we most certainly did not. But um, you know, it is a bit harsh, and and I'm by, you know, I'm I'm probably. I'm, you know, despite the way I've been talking, I'm I'm pretty positive on him because, you know, I'm very much of, of the, you know, the view that we're we're Palace. We're not going to have, you know, we aren't good. There's, you have to look at the right fit. He's a good fit for Palace, I think. Um, you know, you you're not going to have the perfect manager at a club like Palace, and so he, you know, that strong relationship with, you know, maybe eighty percent of the players most of the time. And with eighty percent of the fans, is actually probably a good basis. And you know, if you if you if we do get a striker in, um, you know, ideally two, I think. Because it's looking like Benteke is gonna happen, really, well, isn't it? Benteke's been looking like a definite thing since about early July. So, you know, it it mm. needs to happen. I mean, for my for my money, if we sold you know, the Blasi deal finally happened today, and I would say that would be totally worth it if we get Benteke. So. You know, it's one of those things. If you talk to people who support bigger clubs, the the first reaction now about Benteke is a negative one. For me, I mate, cannot... still a really good player, Benteke. Yeah. I mean, you, you, he'd be he'd be abs- with those two. I know you've lost Balassi, but you still got Zaha and um, and Andros either Zaha side of him. Well. And never improving. Yeah, it, he's. I mean, if he if he could come close to what he was for Villa, you'd yeah. be getting an absolute steal. I agree. I think he he is the absolutely cast iron best striker we could buy of anyone we've yeah. heard mentioned. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure we had the most crosses in the league last year, and you know you, we've been linked with Berahino as well. 
um, like yourselves a couple of years ago. But um, I, you know, Benteke is the one who, if he gets near that Villa form at all, he could finally be the guy who's you know what 15 league goals for a club yeah. like ours. We we've had a good three years, you know, from where we came from, but we've not had anyone score more than seven league goals in these three years we've been up, right. which is just unbelievable. You know, literally seven. It's either six or seven. We've we've never had a proper contribution, you know, since going back to the days of sort of Andy Johnson. Yes, and a lot of those were penalties. I mean, Johnson's a good player. Don't get me wrong, but like in that in that sort of yeah. that was the Ian Dowie season, isn't it? When you you lost. Yeah, that's right. Day. Yeah, and we still went down, and he scored twenty one. Yeah. I think it was twenty one. Yeah, pretty impressive. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. How, yeah. Uh, t- touching on Belassi, mate. Um, how are you mm. feeling about how are you feeling about that deal? Because I believe it was you. When I've spoken to you about him in the past, yeah. you've often said, yeah, he's good, but we yeah. get offered 20 mil. from." I think this is around the time when Spurs have been linked to him. You've always yeah. said, like, he's probably not worth 25, 30 mil. So if we got it, I'd snap your hands off for it. Yeah, and I'd say a couple of things to that. Um, first of all, that does sound like something I would have said. Um, the... <laughs> <laughs> No, I think I am pretty happy with it based on the fact that we've got Andros in. I think I think we've got someone who, you know, I'd be interested to hear what you guys think, but um, you know, I think I think we've got someone who's the same level but um for half the price. I think the the money, as I'm sure you guys have discussed plenty of times, I mean who really knows what twenty five million means right now, right? It's yeah, it's yeah, mystery. Yeah. But if you you know, if I look at it based on uh, Andros was 13 million, I think, for us. Um, then that seems like good business. And as I said, yeah, it's it, 13, 13 million for Andros. Yeah. That's bad. I think that's really good value. Yeah, mm. I'd say so. So I'm, 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 I'd be much, ha- I'm much happier now because I think we were in that situation where it was baffling to think how actually a side comes together with Balassi punch, uh, well, punching as well as another one who's kind of drifts wide, um, in, depending the system we're playing. But yeah, then you've got Zaha as well. I mean, we've even got Sacco, who's not he's not a bad backup winger. So we're flooded with wingers anyway. I'd be more than happy with Townsend and, and Zaha. Uh, and I think on Balassi, the guy scored 12 goals, I think, in four years or something with Palace. So the end product is clearly not been good enough there. Um, so to get 25 million for someone who's great to watch, I think any club would want, you know, even a club like Spurs, I think he'd be a real fan favorite because he does enough. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. He does enough to be. To, to he's very that. entertaining. I yeah. mean, he's 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 like you stand up when he's got the ball. I'm a bit yeah. that way, but I mean, he reminds me a little bit. I know they don't play the same position. He reminds me a little bit of Darren Huckabee. In yeah, the, like. He's always got an incredible goal in his locker. Oh, but that one against United. That, that way, yeah, at Highfield Road, yeah. And yeah. It, it just, but I, I, there's something about him which he, I don't think you can ever. I don't know. I, I just think yeah, I think you've got a lot of money for him. I think you got a really good I, deal. I think it was good business. And if it's yeah. the different, like we just today, weirdly, we've been like just before talking to you guys. I've seen that that money that that they're saying in the Guardian that that's going to be us going getting Sissoko now which I'll believe it when I see it but yeah which I'm not sure how I feel about yeah, you, that but. you stay stay well away from him yeah tell it, well, he's, uh, yeah. yeah I mean he's been talking up trying to go to Real so I think we're probably best off away from that one but it's again it's the Pardew connection where he sees himself he identifies himself as someone who will get the best out of it out of players which is the same way he looked at obviously with Kabai last summer and a bio perhaps as well <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Adebayo <laughs> did really work, it's fair to say. But I think we're probably the only club in the last eight years or something who at least got it right on the contract side where it was like, hey, we give him six months and we've got an easy out if it doesn't work out. So I must admit, I did find it quite bizarre quite how poor he was for you. I don't yeah. think he's fit, Jack. I mean, he... I, I, I'm, I'm not an Adebayo hater. I, I think he gets a bit no, of a bad... No, neither am I, definitely. I, I know you're not either, but I, I he just didn't look... I don't know. He he came. He spent what four seasons, four four months not playing in that season, and then just showed up in January. Yeah. yeah, it just he wasn't. You know, I don't know. I don't know what yeah. he'd been doing back in Togo during that time, but he he didn't look like he was ready to play. I think he'd just been playing on the beaches. Is the oh, really? indication we got. So yeah, I mean, it, he wasn't ready for it. And we he, when he arrived, we were right in our sort of. It was sort of the early part of our slump, and that's never a good time to come in, is it? Really, anyway. So. Um, you know, he, he, his attitude wasn't obviously poor with us. Like he, he spoke pretty. He was once he was being benched, he wasn't sort of moaning. He seemed to be getting on with it and happy to be involved with the squad when we got to Wembley and stuff. So I wouldn't, you know, a, a similar way. I don't have any sort of real animosity to him. I think, I think it was worth a go in our situation with the record he had. And it, you know, it wasn't that long ago since he was scoring goals for you guys, right? So, you know, right. we're, we were only go- at that point we we're only going back about eighteen months or something. It wasn't like it was five years or something. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's one of those we, you know, we've we've thrown. We're we're in the habit of just spending, you know, either not enough. You know, this is the first summer we're actually being linked with what I consider like really top level strikers, you know. So it's vital that we get one of those because I, I think Adebayor, obviously, at his time of career, it was just another risk. And, you know, like in the same with anyone you want to look at, whether it's Fraser Campbell, we had, or still do. Um, is he Dwight still Bell. there? Yeah, he's still Fraser there. Fraser Campbell's still at, really? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, but we're looking at people who. It would have been a surprise if it worked out in a big way, you know. Where all, all the yeah. players we've been bringing in up front be a surprise if it really worked out, as opposed to a surprise when it hasn't really worked. So, 
Dwight Gales, and you got pretty good money for Dwight Gale as well, given. Yeah, that, I think you know. I think Gale will rip it up in the championship, um, but yeah. the system we play, you know, we're a physical team, fire a lot of balls, you know, in the air. Gale wasn't the right player for us, but yeah, a club like Newcastle, at least in that league, guilty well. Always got the memories of that Liverpool game as well. For oh, yeah, sure. exactly, exactly. Lovely. Yeah, that was Lovely a bit stuff. special. Um, so how how do you, how do you see yourselves lining up against Spurs at the weekend, mate? Well, I mean, what I would say is the what you know one really positive thing about being a Palace fan over the last three four years is unlike when I look back on our many relegation campaigns in the Premier League, um, the the thing is that. However bad we are in a game like we were on Saturday, I always fancy us, weirdly, away from home against the big teams, we almost always put on a decent performance. Glad, so, glad, glad to, uh, to hear yeah. you said big teams. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, if you look at us, uh, I think we played quite well at White Hart Lane the last few years. Um, not always getting a lot to show for it, but we've. Uh, I think we'll. I think we'll play... You were good last year. You um, had um, I remember Lloris making a really good save at his yeah. uh, uh, across his body, and yeah, you you were you were good good for a point there, I think. Yeah, uh, Lloris is always playing his absolute best against us. That's certainly something I've noticed, and and we also hit the woodwork an awful. I think we hit the woodwork <laughs> more against you guys than anyone else when we played um, you guys at Selhurst last year. It was um, yeah. I know it was, that was the game where um. Delhi scored that that worldie. Yeah, it's all right, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, you know, one of them, one of them, yeah. you know. I know they blend in, but that was um, yeah. We were one all with about seven minutes to go and hit the bar and the post in the space of a minute, and it was just like that's the way it's been going for us against Spurs lately. So I'm 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 not bigging us up in terms of saying we're going to do get result, but I pretty much guarantee that it's going to be competitive more than anyone yeah. would probably think based on what happened at the weekend. I don't think there's any sort of. I don't think the Tottenham attitude is any way dismissive towards Palace. I think that kind of, given it, like you say, given our recent history, especially the lane, you know, you you you, you are competitive. Right? You um. Not just at the FA Cup. You know? Not just yeah. at the FA Cup, of That's course. Yeah. Like, to be fair, like you know, and you've got the better of us quite a few times, you know, since you came back into the league. So it's not, you know, um, it's not. We, it's not like going to. It's not like a, a, a Norwich at home last season where you just yeah. pretty much guarantee you're taking the points because you've got like you, you're perfectly set up to be an away team. You've got that breaking pace, less so a little bit with Balassi, of course. But you know, Tanzen and Zaha are still players that can rip you up if you lose the ball high up the pitch. So you know, it's um yeah, it's a dangerous game. It's a banana skin for us, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I it's more the media's perception of it being a home banker, but yeah. As you say, you guys, if you've seen us play there the last few years, you know it will yeah, be yeah. competitive. But I think, yeah, and I'll go from being like, we'll go from me, what, Monday night feeling like we can give you a game. And if we obviously buy Benteke before then, I'll be, oh, yeah. no telling the levels of optimism I'm going to be in by Saturday. Can I, uh, can I press you for a score prediction, Simon? Um, yeah, I'm going to go, it's never going to be... I think I think one all. I'm gonna go be brave and go one all. But you know, you guys, you could nick it. You could nick it two one. But I'm hoping for one all. Right, we okay. won't. We won't score a lot, but it'll be good. It'll be a good game. 
Let's hope so. So it's all you can hope for, isn't it, mate? It's all you yeah, can hope for. Exactly. When you, you know, you know a nice day out. <laughs> exactly. Good clean family fun. Bit of sunshine, bit of fresh air. Yeah, yeah. the forecast at the moment is fantastic. So we're, yeah. we're all going to have a good day. <laughs> all right, then, Simon. Thanks very much for your time, mate. And uh, no yeah. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Simon. All the best. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you very much, Simon. Uh, it's a good lad. Good lad, Simon, wasn't he, Seb? Yeah, nice bloke. Nice break. Um, right, we've had quite a few questions in this week, so let's uh, let's dive straight into those. Okay, I, I, I've got. I'll start off then. Um, you going to do fancy football? No, no. I'm, I was going to do a question for you actually. Oh, um, no, oh, there we go. All right, here we right. go. Yeah. Um, Paradigm is shifting. Raj Baines asked, "Do you know the number for any decent immigration laws?" No, sorry. Um, crowdfunding, as we said. Well, we'll we'll get back in. Back to you in a couple of months. Um, okay, uh, Gavin Christopherson, Christopherson, perhaps, perhaps even. Sorry, perhaps, uh, perhaps. That was a bit uh, Ned Flanders, there. I tell you, mate, I can't do two things at once. I was looking and ta- looking at the screen and talking. God, I'm, I'm yeah. God, I'm uh, I'm limited. Um, okay, Gavin. <laughs> Gavin asks, um, considering how Vic, Victor Wanyama, and how, considering how the Victor. Dyer Geo didn't work against Everton. Who would be the pair you want for Palace? Interesting. I'd, I'd still go with Dyer and Manyama, to be honest. Give him a bit I, more, bit more I, time to gel. Yeah, you know what? We kind of covered this in the first bit. I, I, I'll take umbrage with that, Gavin. I don't think it, 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 it failed to work. I just think it wasn't suited to the situation. I think that um, I think it's a very solid combination and it just. Um, it needed it to be adjusted because we're a goal down and we're chasing the game. I, I just reserve judgment. And anyway, dembele has gone from the two games, so you might as well, um, you know, just uh, they're going to start again anyway, whatever we think. So, yeah. Uh, um, I mean, if anything, I wouldn't mind seeing maybe Mason Broughton instead of Ericsson. I know that sounds silly to say, but <laughs> Ericsson, you know, I just think maybe give him a give him a little little kick up the bum. I think like the I'm not going to start speculating about off pitch things but I, I in my opinion he was visibly our weakest player on the day um yeah i agree with that i you know we were we were saying the game i i, I i'm growing quite a fondness for harry winks i um my my reservation with him has always been that he's quite slight mm. but in person he's he's actually a little bit more a little bit broader than someone like tom carroll um and i just i don't know mate i i I take that you made a really good point about Mason last week and about these advanced areas and you know his worth. I just think he's had his chance, um, and he's on a long run of games of not letting us down, but let's just say not taking that chance. Um, okay. Fair, fair. Sorry, no, that's kind of hard. I'm going, I'm going back to that kind of fuck off Ryan Mason stage, which I promise, which I've apologised for, but uh, you know. So a long-time listener, Rosa, that you'll have to apologise. Oh, hello, Rosa. Yeah. She oh, probably yeah. doesn't even listen anymore. Um, no, fair enough. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't blame her. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's Dyer and Wanyama, isn't it? And Ericsson is going to start because he probably should because he's miles better than Ryan Mason, really. Um, Philip Sunago, he asks us, and he's, you've been cheeky here, Philip. I'm going to be honest, mate. You've asked us two questions and, Ooh. you know. Yeah. He's he's done one in brackets, asked the question, and done two in brackets as well. Which, go on then. You know, um, 
We'll allow it once, but you know, you might have to sit next week out, Philip. I'm afraid. Right. He's a he's he's no a he, he's a good lad, though, is Philip. Um, is I know I'm often criticised by Raj for saying everyone's a good lad, but just kind of guy I am, you know. I like to see the good in people, unless they're you know. That's very generous of you. That's nice. <laughs> Tory MPs or you know, Jeremy Corbyn. Um, oh wow! <laughs> on, is the loss of Mitchell significant? Um, it depends who we replace him with, doesn't it? I mean. I um, the thing is, is that I don't really believe in gurus. I, I think Mitchell was an excellent appointment, and he was someone that you know could have done a lot of good over the long term. But I don't believe that there's a sort of you know a magic brick that you can put in, into into a club's infrastructure which makes everything perfect. I I, I don't believe in also in in transfer market voodoo. Um, he's let's not pretend let's not be all kind of i never fancied her anyway about it because he's obviously you know a valuable employee but it doesn't mean that we can't replace him so no. you know let's let's see i mean i my knowledge of kind of those kind of people within football is not broad enough to really offer a replacement but you know if we bring in tim sherwood then yes paul mitchell's a huge loss but then on the basis that we're not going to and we're going to, you know, replace it. I, I, you know what, I imagine Pochettino will have a pretty strong um, voice in, in whoever comes in. He'd have to, presumably. And I, and I think that would be, um, you know, that could be beneficial. I think the only thing that did bother me about it is, because I, I totally share that sentiment, um, and I was never particularly worried about, you know, the fact that, oh, we lose Paul Mitchell, we're never going to have another scout that's going to, bring in decent players and be able to unearth them. Right. So that's simply not true, right? No, of course um, not. But it, my, my only fear was if he was part of kind of, because we, we know how meticulous Pochettino is about off-pitch affairs, yeah. um, as well as on-pitch affairs, that if it was somehow a friction with Daniel Levy that's caused one of Pochettino's kind of, you know, kingpins to step away from the club, if that thus, you know, kind of, starts the rot between yeah. Spurs and Pochettino and, you know, it ushers in whatever Mourinho's third poor season at United, he goes there, so on and so forth. But, you know, I mean, you you can't you can't operate in these kind of circumstantial means. It's, you know, it is what it is. Mitchell's gone. I mean, when all is said and done, and I, I hate to be derisory to this kind of part of the game, but at the end of the day, he's a scout. You know? Yeah, you know what I mean, mate, mate. The thing is about that is, well, the first thing is, um, by all accounts, and this is not like ITK bullshit. I, I, I don't have any special knowledge. It's just what I've read. This is the the situation between Mitchell and Levy have been has been going on for quite a long time, and I imagine it overlaps with Pochettino signing his new contract. And so, if there were any long term issues between the two, I don't think that that contract would have been signed. Um, I don't, well, I mean, it, it just wouldn't have suited Pochettino to do that necessarily. I mean, um, look, look at this, right? We had the same thing with Frank Arneson. Frank Arneson was the sun yeah. shone out of his ass. Losing yeah. Frank Arneson was going to leave it. Losers, however many great players, blah, exactly blah, blah. that. But we went on, we signed Bale. We went on, we signed Modric. Well, uh, and what know? did Arneson achieve at Chelsea as well, really? I mean, he, he wasn't long before he was replaced by Mike Emanale. So, um, these guys, I'm not like you say, and I, I echo that. I'm not trying to be derisory, and we live in an age where you know the these sort of these deep scouting guys and the statistics people, you know, they've all afforded this 
huge gravitas and you know I'm sure some of them are very valuable and they have really um uh, really desirable skills but they you, are you, kind you, of tenor really convincing me with that <laughs> well, yeah. no but I, I do I I think you know that there's you know that there's there's clearly a value in 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 having these guys within your setup but then you know the setup is only as strong as the rest of it you know it's an overall it's a you know it's a separation of power situation at the most important club so you know it doesn't matter the most important thing is not the kind of the genius of the stat or the the scout guy it's how well he works with the manager and the chairman and so if there's a problem between Mitchell and the chairman then there's a problem and it has to be resolved so it's better that he goes um, if there's a fundamental difference like Levy's going to be there he's, he's not going anywhere so we have to have someone that works well with him and works well with Pochettino and that's the success um, listen, listen here mate if he can find players that have a good expected goals ratio then that's, that's oh. worth his weight in gold for me, mate. You know, that's yeah, I got to the point. I, mean, I just, I gotta hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I'm not. Before anyone writes in or starts abusing me on Twitter, I, I don't dispute its relevance. I just, yes, you do. I, it's not relevant. Yeah. Oh, I just, I, I read articles like it's utter bollocks. ESPN have gone this way a little bit, mate. Like, there's quite a few. Like, I read an article. Whoa, 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 whoa. hey there, buddy. Let's just start firing shots. You've got to rein that stuff in nowadays, Seb. Um, uh, you told me this after I had a go at the Times, yeah. Mate, there were four pages of Tony Cascarino. Like, yeah. I'm, come on, mate. I, I got on the train. I thought, I've got a four-hour journey. I want to get a good, I want to get some mileage out of this paper. And I opened it up and I thought, okay, the Times have Culkin. They've got Rory Smith. they got... Um, What's your advice? You to me? Yeah, when I'm when I'm off being to trunk on Twitter, being a total yeah. bellend, you're always warning me. Yeah, it's all very funny, mate. But at the same time, just try not to make too many enemies because people have long memories. You know, I've never it's said it. anything like that. You, 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 you definitely have in the past, mate. mate I yeah. briefly accused you of going lunatic fringe Twitter last week. Never before have I no, ever. Tried I was to laying to... into so- no. It was no. Don't you remember? It was when I fell out with Brian Moore, and you just told me to. You were just like just be. Uh, he, that was that was a professional thing, though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah, but he's, yeah, a, he's a twat. Yeah, mate, he's so self-righteous. Yeah, he's a twat. Um, let's fuck that off anyway. Okay, so, uh, so Philip's second question, anyway, was: wow. uh, Do we lack competition dash alternative creativity for Ericsson? Uh It's a good point, and I would say probably, yeah. probably. I, I, I would agree. Yeah, but uh, but then holds. Yeah, what well, that? Yeah, I mean, but hold that thought, Philip, because um, supposedly we've got a couple of people coming in, and I'd imagine well, they're not going to be centre backs, and they're not going to be full backs. Well, we've got that Espanol second keeper coming in, apparently, haven't we? Well, that's an exciting one. Okay, not um, another goalkeeper. Okay, well, yeah, and I, I'd imagine we will be adding another attacking midfield type. Wild accounts again. That's just what I've read. It's just ITK, so it is not. I'm not nearly, nor nearly important enough to be ITK. Well, mate, you've you've got to be fair, actually. I I, I completely am. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Blue tick and accreditation. So you know, don't don't play coy with me. Hey, I, I, this is the thing. Like when when things like that happen, you have to pretend so nonplussed by it. Be like, yeah, yeah, no, cool, cool. But they no, totally made my made my week last week with the accreditation. The lump in your trousers betrayed you, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Blair Dunlop. Hello, Blair. How are you doing, mate? Hi, Blair. Um, he says, how good is Yak? Is Kevin Wimmer in with a shout for first choice this season? That's a good question. 
That is a good question. Oh, um, I'm a big fan of Jan Vertonghen. As am I. I also think, and this isn't this is nothing against Kevin Wimmer because I, I I really quite like him. I thought he played very well um, in the New Year last year or this year even um, after Vertonghen got injured. But I I think Vertonghen is a better footballer. He may not be a better defender, but I mean he's he's a good defender. But I think Vertonghen carries ball out of defence better. His his passing is better. Um, and his relationship with Alderweireld is a little bit more, a little bit tighter because you know they played together, you know, since since youth team. Um, and his experience as well. Like, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I think I think Vertonghen suffered a little bit. Alderweireld is the best centre half in the country, by and I, I don't I don't think there's a credible argument to dispute that. But I, and I think sort of it's damaged Vertonghen in a sort of perception way. You look at him, you go, well, you're not quite as good. But I, I think he's still pretty bloody good centre half. Yeah, uh, Vim is a good player, and I, I you know, Alderweireld going down would 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 shatter us, I think, defensively. But you know, then I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, it's not, it's, he's Vim is not like a Fazio, he's a, a fully capable player. Um, I've got a uh, Fazio, Jesus, I've got a um, <laughs> got a kind of just a, a nagging, uncomfortable feeling that. We could be subject to a pretty hefty bid for Toby in summer after the end of this season, if he has another year like he did last year. Yeah, no, mate. I mean, like Alvaro is good enough to play for any club in the world. Yeah, oh, he's that good, and um, and big clubs yeah. won't not realise that either. No, no, exactly. And and you, you, he's someone that you can fully imagine Real Madrid saying, "Yeah, we'll take him." Or because, Man United, mate. Like. You know? uh, yeah, I guess so. But then Eric, Man United are kind of set defensively. They've got Eric Bailly there and Chris Smalling, and you know, I I don't think they're going to be in the market for another big centre half. Man Chelsea. City. Yeah, Chelsea. Although, yeah, um, you know what, man? Let, let, let's not do this. I don't. Yeah, like, not I, nice, I, I'm not like he's ours for the season at least. So let's let's enjoy him because he he'll, God, what a privilege it is to watch him. He is yeah. just like if anyone hasn't seen him live. Like do it because he's just he's a sensational defender. I think I, think I would honestly say that the, the fact that you can pretty much count on one hand the defensive errors he made last, yeah. or at least significant defensive errors he made last season, is telling. Um, oh oh yeah, without doubt, he is fucking brilliant. You, you know how fucking like this is me eating my words totally. You know how skeptical I was when we were going to sign him in the first place, but he is quite honestly one of the best defenders in the world. He's he's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, he um, is. Yeah, I think he is to defence what Bale was to attack for us. You know, I think he's. I'd honestly put him in that bracket. But he's worth like. I mean, I would say. And okay, this isn't exact science. I accept that, but he's worth almost a goal a game to us because he the the you know he, he saves us a goal a game. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, he just there are so many times that you see. I don't know. His value gets gets sort of um, is a little understated because he's a very composed defender, and he's not someone that he doesn't necessarily like chuck his body to the floor and block shots. And although he does that too, but he's just he's so good. Just he's such a a calm presence, and he just reads the game so well. And he he's um, yeah. I mean, I would never put anyone above Ledley King purely on because of the emotional factor, but he's certainly. At that level, in terms of the shades uh, are lately about him, isn't it? Yeah, mate. Like it, it, easily, you know, one of the the best three centre halves at Tottenham in my lifetime. Do, do you know he actually? 
I guess maybe it's because of his physique and because he's, I think he's a bit more of a shit house than Ledley ever was. I, th- I, I almost feel like there's a bit of a crossover. It's, it's almost there's a bit of Campbell about him as well. I, or kind of, well, 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 say that name by starring. Well, you mean style wise? Just, I think there's a similar. I think he's almost a cross between Ledley and between Campbell because Campbell was a bit more in your face than Ledley ever was. Yeah, he. You know, there was no, there was, was no It was a different type of presence to Ledley. You know, Campbell was very like he was physical. He was very imposing, and he was. You know, we have got to give him his due. He was. He was a. He was a. He was a very cultured defender as well. So yeah, he, he was. Um, I think Aldevaro is a better footballer. I mean, just like with the little bits where you you see him carry the ball, and you know when he when he, when he gets into attacking areas, like not in like from set pieces, but like. You know where when he he's he's had to retrieve the ball from a wide area and cross it in. You just think, Jesus, you could play, he could play any he's, position he's on the glorious, field. Isn't he? yeah, and like I, like we we were sat um we were sat at pitch level, well stood at pitch level at the, week, at the weekend, and you see him and you just think, God, guy looks like a Greek god. Yeah. Like he just it just looks like if you wanted to build a centre half, you would create Toby Alderweireld. He's just he's mate, he's got everything. He's um he's he's, he's absolutely brilliant. He's our best player. It's, uh, it's, a big opinion, it's a big opinion. No, you know what, mate? I, I, I was thinking about this because I had to do like um, a most important player feature for all the clubs before the season started. And um, and actually, when you think about it, it's not that close. I mean, I, I, I understand the importance of a lot of the other players and what they do. But I just think if you were to take one player out of our side, the last guy would be him, probably. Oh, Harry Kane, mate. This is a big... Yeah, but mate, like, there's a lot of goals, but then this isn't last season. And uh, no, you know what? Let's not do this because I'm going to end up saying something that people are going to misinterpret. I just, I, I, well, I just. On that note, mate, I, uh, <laughs> at Joe underscore Spurs asks us Should Janssen start against Palace? If so, what formation and where should Kane play? I mean, just to jump in quickly, my take on this is no, I don't think Janssen should start purely because. I don't want it to seem, yeah, Harry kind of got pissed about a bit in the Euros. I don't really want to dwell on that too much, but I feel like he got pissed around a bit and used as a bit of a pawn by Hodgson. Um, So I wouldn't want any of that kind of like to bleed into his time at Spurs yet. I don't don't want him to feel as if, okay, well, you know, he hasn't started out the season that well. So he's already got Janssen breathing down his neck. Um, But that aside... um, I liked that we had a different dimension to add to the game. That like Janssen was almost like he he almost formed part of a plan B for us, you know. Um, and I think it's important too because Palace are are a team that I think we can struggle against. Um, I don't think we should, but I think we can. Uh, and I think it would be nice to have a kind of option like Janssen to have the kind of impact that he did against Everton. Yeah. Because he really was great against Everton. Oh, he was fantastic. Mate, he was Changed um, the game. It, it, yeah, it was. It was really nice to see actually because he was straight into the game, straight. You know, um, he, he's quite. Um, this is going to sound like I'm. I'm kind of dismissing his ability. He's quite nuggety and rugged and and sort of a little bit uncouth as a footballer. Um, and this may be completely unfair because it's based on like 35 minutes. But he um he he was exactly what the situation needed. He was just he came on. And the Everton defenders, and and those, those are the three pretty decent centre halves, in my opinion. And they they hated him, hated him. 
he, I mean, he, he, he sort of challenged them. He was pressing. He was doing all the things you expect of a Tottenham player, but that you think, okay, a new signing is going to take six months to learn this stuff. But he was straight. You, he, he was right up to speed immediately. It was great. Harry Dean asks mm. us, and that's at Harold underscore Houdini. Um, what can we class as a success this year for Spurs? League position, cup success, etc. Well, you go with that first, sir. Ooh, uh, uh, I don't know, mate. I mean... If, if we're I, talking I, a success, I don't think we can drop out of the top four. If, we, if we're going to call it a success, yeah. to me, a success is staying in the top four. Um, yeah, no, I, I, just, I just want it to be fun again. I just... Um, I don't... The placings and, I, you know, love a cup, of course, but... And I, you know, I hope we, we, we knock someone about in, in Europe, but just I don't have those kind of aspirations at the moment. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because it's early in the season. Maybe. Uh, what about you? Well, like I said, we, we, for, for it to be a success, we've got to stay in the mm. top four. For us to hold on to our best players, realistically, we've got to stay in the top four. Um, I don't see any reason why we shouldn't do either. I know people are making a lot about these other teams spending money, but you know, I, I, it, it, there was a lot to be said in Pochettino's sentiment that the reason why the other clubs are spending big money is because they're not confident in the talent that they have in their squads they, at yeah. their disposal. And exactly. I think that's, that's a very good point. And I think that's something we need to continually remind ourselves of. That, you know, if you're talking about an open market now, if you look at someone like Harry Kane, he's going to cost a club 50, 60 million pounds. Mm-hmm. That's a, I, I, I get that this is a slightly facile sort of argument, but at the same time, you know, that's a 50, 60 million pound striker we've got in our squad. Someone like Deli Alley, it's going to be 40, 50 million pounds for someone to buy. Someone like Eric Dyer, 30 million pounds. You know, like yeah. these are, I, I know I'm kind of just reeling off numbers here, but the, the point I'm trying to make is that, like, who, who, who do we buy in that's better than these guys? And I'm going to be honest, those three players alone listed. I'm fairly confident we'd walk into pretty much any team in the Premier League. Um, So, you know, I I think sometimes you have to kind of stop looking outward all the time and actually consider what we have. And I I, I think some of it comes down to this mentality of wanting a shiny new thing, and that's just human nature. And it's also, it's it's not just, you know, again, it's not to like belittle anyone who wants new transfers because there is something to be said for bringing in new players, having a bit of a new dynamic around the dressing room, having a new kind of edge that we can bring to games. Yeah, yeah we saw sometimes, and we probably will see carried, carrying on, that you know we maybe don't possess enough width, that there's maybe not enough pace in the in the side. So, you know, there, there probably are still some holes, some deficiencies that we need to address. However, at the same time, you know, we are... I think... The, the, the trouble for Spurs is we're kind of at that point Arsenal were in a few years ago where when you actually look at our squad to buy better players than what we have, we would have to spend Manchester City, Chelsea yeah. and United money. And we really simply cannot do that at the moment. Mm, yeah. We can't do that. I mean, e- even the likes of Kyle Walker, you know, people who say, yeah, I, I get he divides a lot of opinion, but it's like, you know, all right, if you want an upgrade on Walker... It's going to fucking cost you. And Walker's a perfectly good player yeah, as I well. I think he is, like, mate. But like, yeah. at the same time, he is just someone I can easily call out straight away because I know a lot of people, some people say yeah, there's always yeah, a mistake yeah. in him or there's always this or, 
you know, he's not that good defensively, which I kind of think is a bit of a, an out-of-date criticism. But Yeah, he ignores quite a lot of evolution in his game, I think. Uh, but, you know, Jack, I think like, one of the things that may have been lost to kind of... Uh, you know, amidst this sort of this, you know, spending splurge else around the table, we're a really good team. We are. I um, I've travelled back from an off Spurs game, like just you know, silently looking out the window of the train to know that you know it's quite it's quite telling when you know the opposition fans who are around you admire your side. I mean, there's kind of I, 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 I there were quite a few Everton boys on my train to Birmingham and um. And they were delighted with a point against us, and 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 reasonably so too, because okay, we had a, we had a bit of a shit first half, but when we turn the power on and when like everything starts to work properly, we are fucking good. We are, we really are, and and um, and I think people have forgotten that over the summer a little bit, and, and I, 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 this we we don't need that much. I mean, it's not, you know, let's, it, it, I I I think we're comfortably one of the, you know, in theory at least, we're one of the best four teams in the country Except still I, I know i was kind of delivering it in jest yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> last week but i i honest to god i don't see any reason why we can't do what we did last season again why yeah, we yeah. can't run to the wire for the title I, I i i'm not even doing this in a in a deluded spurs way i i no i think we too. have a, yeah. a settled and very good squad that hasn't changed because many united have signed ibrahimovic and pogba you know it those players are both exceptional talents, but we've got exceptional talents. Yeah, yeah, we do. And there's nothing that... I, I didn't see anything over the weekend that frightened me. I mean, okay, Liverpool scored a few goals and they, they, they look quite, you know, dangerous. But then, you know, they can't that defend. That pace in their team is horrifying. That's it, scary. It, it is, That's mate, scary. but they can't defend. No. They can't, like... I mean, I mean look, look at what that Arsenal team managed to do against them. I mean, for goodness sake. I, I, my, my worry about Liverpool is... Yeah, they, 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 they intimidate me a little bit. Well, just they because. could be like Leicester of last year because they just they look so direct. And yeah. they just look like they've, they've got that pace and they've got a kind of verve about... I don't know. I do... I, I, worry I, think, about I think they'll be good. And I, I, I... Yeah, I agree with you. I think that sort of... You know, what they do in the top half of the pitch is, is, is quite interesting and, you know, something where we're playing them in two weeks. And actually, I think, I think we're playing them at quite a nice time. Just get them done because I think that they're, they're one of those sides that will get better as the season goes on. Um, but get them out of the way and let them be somebody else's problem, I think. But I, I will, you know, there, there's nothing in that team that we can't match. Put yeah. it that way. Nothing that, you know, I, you know, if we beat them away our lane, that's not a shock, you know. Um, we've got more than enough to, to beat them. So, um, you know, there's nothing to be afraid of. I mean, we're, this is a new, new era. We're a, good, we're a really, really, really good team. So, you know, don't worry about what's coming in, really. So, don't think. Fuck them all. Um, yeah, fuck them all. Right. So, uh, do you want to finish us up on, uh, on a little go-through of the Fantasy Football League so far? So. Um, yeah, okay, let looking. me get that up. Um, oh, my God. Right. Uh, <laughs> first place Spurs stat man, 11, Jack Pettiford. <laughs> ah, yes, the um, man. Second place, let me just have a quick scan. Oh, no, disqualified, I'm afraid. Uh, that is an illegal Nacho Monreal from Matt Guy. Matt Guy. And also team name, you're getting out. I predict a Piat. Fuck off. Get out. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what you're doing in our fantasy league. I don't know how, how Raj let you through the door. Um, uh, third place, so really second, we've got Gene Mackey with his PSV 
Eugene Haven. Eugene Haven. I don't know what you're where you're going. I'm not sure that works as well as you think it does, Gene. Um, and so, <laughs> just check. No, you're fine. Mkhitaryan. All right, that's quite a good team. Um, so, new third place, zero fucks, James Regal. Well done, James. Or zero Fuchs, but yeah, I think. Uh, uh, and the the only other sort of bit of bit of news that we've got to to give you is that Mrs. De Trunk has been disqualified. She has been. I'm no zero yeah. tolerance, mate. Well, I, I brought it no, up on... no cronyism here. Okay. Well, I had to bring it up because you know you have to live with her, and if we swung the axe, then there might be tension in the De Trunk household. So I didn't want to be responsible for that. Um, so um, yeah, sorry, Charlotte. It's over. There's no Hector Bellerine here. Um, it t- and- tension would indicate that I don't spend the majority of my life being pathetically apologetic whenever there are any, <laughs> whenever there are any points of contention in our relationship. Um, Other good news. Uh, Raj is, by some distance, the worst performing member of the podcast. Ah! Ah! Yeah, financial doping 11 is not having a good year so far. It doesn't seem. Dear, oh dear, oh dear. Right. Well, um, there you have it. Sixth uh, last, in fact, of 90. That's not good, man. <laughs> 19 points. <laughs> That's abysmal, mate. That is not good. Sort that out, mate. Yeah. Sort that out. Um, yeah, that's about it. So if you do want to listen to any of the previous episodes of Royal The Ridge Podcast, you can do so on iTunes, on Acast, or on our website, uh, rtrpod.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at RTR underscore pod. Um, come new Spurs. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 